Good morning. This is your host, Joe Moran, with the Joe Moran Show. Excited to be here. As always, it's a beautiful, feels like fall morning here in the Midwest. Uh, slight chill, but sunny. Um, I'll take it. I'll take it. If I had to draw up what a day or morning would look like, um, this would be it. And I wouldn't deviate from it. Um, you know, one thing about the Midwest is we get all seasons, right? So we definitely um, feel the summer heat. We get winters with, you know, sub-zero temperatures. And we get a fall and spring. Um, but this is it. Sign me up. Sign me up. The only thing we're missing are mountains and, uh, and the beach. And I would never go anywhere else. Wouldn't go anywhere else, but uh, excited to be here. Uh, beautiful Tuesday, ready to get started. The show today is going to be focused primarily on um, Supreme Court and politics. Uh, I'll talk about the market for a minute, but really, in this crazy world, in this crazy time in 2020, there isn't anything that's going to be more pressing over the next, let's call it 40, 45 days than the election. And because of Ginsburg's death on Friday, we got a new topic, which is the Supreme Court to really digest and to really understand, you know, what the implications are from that. So that's going to be today's show, um, mostly Supreme Court. But I'm also going to get slightly political um, and talk about COVID responses uh, between the parties. We've got a uh, Mnuchin Powell press conference or testimony in front of Congress today to talk about the relief programs and stimulus and how they're working. Um, I'm going to talk about Bloomberg and what he's doing in Florida as well as some information on the ECB and their balance sheet. So, that's today's show. Excited, and let's get rolling. So, you know, the the news came out Friday that Ginsburg passed away. It's just incredibly... Um, incredibly sad right which we which we talked about i mean what she meant for women everywhere um in the united states i don't think i can comprehend it i can understand it right so i mean there's real sadness there and it's unfortunate that as a society we move so quickly into well, what does it mean, right? What are the consequences? What are the second order effects of this? Um, and people don't even have time to really digest it, think about the person, what they meant. Um, it's just immediately, okay, well, where do, what, what happens next, right? What happens, to the, what happens to the Supreme Court? What happens to the election? And, you know, I think, I think we do a real disservice um, to that individual that passed away. And 
we don't allow a time really for grieving. But, you know, unfortunately or good, bad, and different, that's just the way that's just the way things are and that's the world we live in today. So Mitch McConnell comes out with his statement basically an hour later, you know, after she passed that, yep, you know, I'm not going to follow the precedent that I set um, four years ago and I'm going to go ahead and pursue a Supreme Court nominee. And, you know, it's fascinating because when I think back to four years ago, and there were talks of if Hillary won the election, that the Republicans wouldn't have even sat and followed through and provided a hearing for any Supreme Court justice that Hillary would have um, Hillary would have selected, right? I mean, they were having those discussions. McConnell, Cruz, right? They were having those conversations. And, you know, they were calling it the Joe Biden precedent, right? I mean, there's clips of McConnell saying, well, we're just going to follow the Joe Biden precedent. And so we're not going to, um, we're not going to allow a hearing on the Supreme Court because the president's in its last year and it's really up to the will of the American people to make a decision, right, on the president, and then we'll let that president make the decision. So that's, you know, that's what that's what happened four years ago. And what's interesting, and you kind of read everything and all the sound bites and all the politicians, I mean, and let's just let's just acknowledge that they're all full of shit and they only care about political power, right? We know that, but, you know, every now and again, you got to remind yourself that they're just, you know, they're just, they're just, they're, they're, they're only dealing with their self-interest, right? And the power um, that comes with being in a political office. And I mean, and that's why they get into politics, right? They want to feel the power, right? So, we get the news that Ruth Ginsburg passed away and you start to hear all the press clippings and how this one's different. And, you know, the Republicans are just trying to spin whatever angle that they can get, um, to say, well, it's not exactly the same thing, right? It's not the exact same scenario. Because Obama was in his last, was in his second term, right? There was no, um, he couldn't seek a third term. So that's different. Okay, well, that's not exactly what you said four years ago, Mitch McConnell, but okay. I mean, sure, right? Um, Romney came out today and said, well, yes, you know, McConnell set a precedent, 
40 years ago, but the president is also in the Constitution that the president gets to select the nominee. And I intend to vote. Okay, well, where were you four years ago? I, I, you're basically saying, well, yeah, there was a precedent, but not really. And it doesn't matter because you care more about what it means with for Roe versus Wade, for the um, ACA, and you're just trying, you're just grasping at straws, trying to figure out how to put a statement together that doesn't, you know, hurt your ability. I mean, come on, McCon uh, come on, Romney, you actually voted to impeach Trump. And now you're saying that they get he gets to select a justice. It's it's uh, it's it's interesting and and mind boggling. Um, nevertheless, you know I think I think Democrats finally understand that the Republicans have been playing a different political game. I think this finally has done it. Um, I mean, I think they've all, I think they've realized that the, the Republicans um, have really been sacrificing democracy in order to, uh, you know, achieve power, gain power, hold on to power, um, because the Republican base is shrinking, right? It's getting smaller. Um, so they're having to do whatever they can. And the Democrats just, you know, since I've been alive, haven't been playing the political game with the same sort of tenacity, hardline, cutthroat approach that McConnell takes, right? They just haven't done that. Um, but I think I think this is I think this is the straw that breaks that back. Um, because people are pissed, right? I mean, we all remember remember what McConnell said four years ago. We all remember what Lindsey Graham said four years ago. And not to mention, for the last several years, as they've doubled down and said, hey, look, if Trump's in his last year and there's a nominee, we will not push the nominee forward because it's the right of the American people. So, I mean, they've been saying these things, and now they're it doesn't apply. Right. So they're hypocrites. Right. And most politicians are right. Again, they're going to do what is whatever is in their best interest to get elected. So Romney is going to um, is going to vote. You know, the only question is, do they have the time? Right. Do they have do the Republicans have the time? to get this through the finish line um, before the election. I don't I don't know, right? You've got let's call it one week, two weeks. Three, four, five, six weeks till the election. 
So you're looking at 42 days. And Trump has to nominate somebody, which he'll probably do this weekend. So then your T minus 40 days, you got people voting. The Democrats are going to think of whatever they can do to stall it. Right? And, and another thing that's likely going to happen, even if it doesn't get done before the election, well, the senators are still going to be senators post-election before the new Congress goes into session. And so that window of time, let's say Biden wins, Trump loses, the Democrats take the Senate, that moment of time between, let's call it November 3rd, right? And when the new Congress and the new president start, which I believe is in January, they're going to push one through, right? So we, I mean, they're going to do it. Susan Collins is going to do it. If she's out, you know she's going to do it. Right, because these people, the politicians, the politicians don't have any principles. They don't have any core principles. Right, you know. Again, it's just power and money. Right, so they're gonna push forward no matter what. Um, if 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 Susan Collins, if she loses, she's gonna vote. Right. Because she doesn't care, right? She'll be out, right? Yeah, and the people of Maine are going to hate her. But in five years, it's water under the bridge, right? Doesn't matter. So, you know, what are the second order effects of this? Um, you know, the second order effects are the Dems win. And they start packing the court. So this happens. So I, I, you know, I think the Republicans will get the justice in. That's fine. I also think Trump's going to lose. I don't think this changes the race dynamic at all. Um, the reason why is because the people that were going to vote for Trump anyways, we're going to vote for him. Right? You're not going to have any moderates that are, that are saying, well... We've got to now vote for Trump because of the Supreme Court justice. It's possible that you had Republicans that would have voted for um, Biden and now may vote for Trump. And I would, it's probably your elderly population. But again, they're dying because of COVID and the lack of response from the administration. So I think, you know, on personal health versus Supreme Court is probably where their vote would lean. I mean, I don't know that, but that's how I would that's how I would act in that scenario. And then also you're going to have Republicans and that are more moderate in their dealings from a social perspective, most notably women, um, they're probably going to they're probably going to be concerned about Roe v. Roe versus Wade about the um, Obamacare being gutted by the Republicans. Um, and so I think they vote for Biden. 
I think this actually brings him left. And I don't, I just don't see it changing. Um, changing the dynamic of the race. Uh, I just don't. I don't see it. Could be wrong. There's no question. But the voters, you know, they're starting to poll, right? You know, what should happen to the Supreme Court? Who should be able to make the who should make the decision, right? So we're starting to have those polls come out. And the polls are showing that people think that whoever gets elected president this cycle should have the right to make the decision on the Supreme Court. So the, the Republicans are playing a game where they don't even care, right? They know they're losing they want to get the poll, they, or they, sorry, they want to get the justice, they want the Supreme Court, but that decision could make it even more difficult for them to hold on to the Senate, to win re-election, to win the White House again, and in that scenario, the Democrats, they're just going to take off the gloves and they're going to start packing the court, Right? They just are. Because the game the game has changed. And they finally understand. They finally understand that the game has changed. And they're ready to play by the same game. So you know what happens when you have one group that just pulls, 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 right? You stretch the rubber brand tighter, 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 tighter. And then eventually it snaps back harder, right? Things always retract at a more accelerated clip. And that's what's going to happen here, right? And it's going to flex back to the center harder and the response has to be that way because the Dems need to play by the same game. Um, and if they don't, you know, actually what will happen is they'll alienate their supporters if they don't act in a similar fashion. And I don't think, I don't think that, you know, the Republicans do, can do much, right? They're going to, you know, the Dems are going to kill the filibuster and then they're going to go all in. Um, and they really don't have any, they really don't have any other choice. Uh, you know, it's possible that the Republicans hold on to the Senate and the Dems announce their strategy beforehand. Hey, we're just going to fucking pack the court. You guys don't stand a chance. But that could also open it up for McConnell, uh, for McConnell to do the same thing, even even by being in power, they could just I mean they could they could double down and uh, really get after it, fully pack the courts with more Republicans, more conservative judges, and um, it would be a real challenge. I mean, they, everybody says, hey, this is the most important gener you know election of our lifetime, and we say that every single you know every single time it comes up, but it really does feel that way in terms of the trajectory of the country. Uh, I don't think there's, I just don't think there's any doubts about it. Um, 
I don't. So, so we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I, I think, I think the Republicans are in trouble. Um, and a lot of it comes down to demographics, but they pers pursue power when they're given the opportunity. And that's what they're going to do. I'm really interested to see the new polls and all the data that comes out. Um, but Republicans are going to do what they're do, which is pursue power. And then the question is, do the Dems win? And if the Dems win, are they going to do what's necessary to counterbalance that power reach? We'll see. You know, one of the things that is fascinating to watch is just the relative speed at this chain of events, right? Can the Republicans get a nominee, push them through the process in 42 days? They're going to try. They're going to try. But can they do it? Because when they're really motivated, they can act swiftly, right? That's what this is telling us. When the Republicans really want to get something done, when they need to get everybody aligned, McConnell can do it. So, what would have happened if the Republicans had alignment on COVID early on, right? Took it seriously. Instead of jacking around, giving bullshit statements, saying that it's under control when it's not under control, not supporting masks, not closing things down. We've had over 200,000 people die here in the United States. If the Republicans took action as swiftly as was necessary and as swiftly as they're doing now relative to the Supreme Court, would our response have been better? It's a fair question. It's a fair critique. And the obvious, it's an obvious answer. Of course it'd be better, right? Let's look at what's happening now relative to the fiscal stimulus package. It's being yanked around and jacked around through Congress. Republicans don't care, right? And it's not getting done. And so... When the Republican position has to do with maintaining power, it can really be distilled down to this. When it has to do with maintaining power, then the Republicans get things done, right? Swiftly, aggressively, in a cutthroat manner, they get it done. When something is necessary for actually the greater good of the country and the people in the country, 
then the Republicans just really aren't interested. They don't really care about that outcome. And they drag their feet. They don't make a decision. They kick the can down the road. Because it doesn't meet their objective or meet their need to harness more power. And that's what's happening. It's obvious. It's obvious. Uh, and it's, you know, unfortunately, it's just, it's just extremely sad. It's a tough, it is a, it's a sad, tough deal because the future of the country depends on kind of a real interaction constructive dialogue, constructive arguments instead of only worried about how do I maintain power then you don't ever see progress you don't get progress so if only when things that really matter for the country, we saw the same sense of urgency from the Republicans that we do when it comes to being power hungry, maybe we would be better off. Maybe we would be more forward thinking. But instead we're not. Um, and it's because, again, it comes back to politics, our four-year cycles, and the need, the need to stay, to stay in power. So, that's it for my Supreme Court kind of power um, politic discussion. Uh, but there is one other thing that I want to talk about quickly, and that's Bloomberg. So Mike Bloomberg, um, you know, he's committed to $100 million in Florida to try to turn Florida blue, right, to win Florida for Biden. Well, in 2018, a issue on the Florida ballot was, do we let people that have fines, small fines, but have already served their time, so they used to be felons, right? Or have a misdemeanor. Um, and we're going to grant them the right to vote. So it passes. The people in Florida pass it. Um, you know, these people that have already, they've already served their time. They've already, um, you know, done what was necessary from a... Uh, from a criminal standpoint, so they're you know they should be able to act just like anybody else, right? And that includes vote. Well, so this this was passed. Um, you know these uh, these people that had fines and were in jail, they can now vote. And the Republicans soon thereafter come up with another law that disenfranchises these voters. Well, Bloomberg, he is working with an initiative that's raised sixteen million dollars. $16 million, and it's going to allow up to 30,000 of these disenfranchised voters to vote. 
and in an election in Florida, which we know is going to be tight, 30,000 is a significant number. Now, Bloomberg and his team and the... Um, and the group that he's working with limited it to um, individuals that had fines less than 1500 And that makes sense, right? I mean, they're, they're raising donations. They're cobbling up money. They're trying to pay off these fines uh, for these individuals. And it's going to, I think it's actually a real positive outcome. Now, it shouldn't have had to do this. But honestly, some of these fines, it's a joke anyways, right? You get one parking ticket that you don't pay and suddenly because of all the fees and everything else that gets tacked on it could be a 50 you know a $50 ticket that turns into a $1000 ticket and before you know it you're you know you're just fucked right so i'm you know i'm glad that they're doing this but this is the type of activity it's these grassroots activities that could tilt the election and that honestly are going to be more meaningful so i'm interested to see how this impacts florida you know we all are but i think what it tells you is the democrats are hungry they're hungry and they can see what's happening and they're going to pull out all the stops um, they're going to pull out all the stops. We're going to have a contested election, whatever else. But they're going to pull out all the stops. And if the polling doesn't get better for the Republicans, I mean, honestly, it could be a bloodbath. And Trump's going to shirk and he's going to cry and he's going to do all this stuff. But it could be a bloodbath. Um, and like I said, the Dems are motivated. Uh, so we'll see. But interesting to, to look at how grassroots involvement is solving some of the challenges, the voting challenges that people are having. Because, again, the Republicans can only win if they make it difficult to vote, right? Because they're the smaller party. So they need voter suppression. It's the only way they can win. It's the only way. If everybody was allowed to vote, it wouldn't even be a contest. It'd be a shellacking. It would. Because you don't hear any of the Republicans talking about any of the things that they've done up to this point. Right? They controlled the House for two years. They've controlled the Senate for the last four within this administration, just the Trump administration. And what have they got done? So... I mean, the future of the country is in the next 40 years, and we'll see. But uh, it's uh, it's fascinating, fascinating to watch. Uh, we got a Powell Mnuchin testimony in front of Congress today. You know, I expect it's going to be more of the same. You know, there's a group of people out there that are really struggling. Uh, you know, unemployment is continuing to drop, but the rate of change is slowing down. It's probably going to get worse. They're going to talk about the airline industry and the bailouts that they need to continue. You know, demand's not bouncing back fast enough. Um, you know, the need for a fiscal bill. And we've talked about it, right? So, you know, we'll be watching. We'll talk tomorrow. Um, 
after the press conference, talk about the highlights. But the markets, the markets are just waiting, right? The markets are just sitting. Um, because there's no more fiscal. And we've got this chaos from a political standpoint. And it's hitting the pause button. So that's where we're at. I mean, the Dow's down about 34 uh, basis points. The NASDAQ and S&P are up six basis points and two basis points respectively. So basically flat or down. And, you know, we'll see what happens if there's a bump after the, the testimony today from Paolo Mnuchin. But um, markets relatively flat, just, you know, just a wait-and-see approach. The dollar actually this morning um, has been ripping up. It is, it poked over 94, so it got to 94.08. I mean, it, it, is, it is busted out of a channel that it has been in since late July. So almost two months it's been in this channel and it's now broken out of this channel. Um, it's currently at 93.94. You know, we'll see what happens after this press conference and if there's more stimulus, but it's bouncing, it's bouncing. There's no doubt about that. And so we'll see, right? We'll see. Um, one other thing that's interesting is the ECB's balance sheet topped $6.5 trillion for the first time ever. So Europe's doing their part. They're printing. Again, you know, it's all it is is a race, right? All these central bank balance sheets are just going to keep going up and up. Uh, Europe is kind of on the brink of a second wave it's happening um there's a press conference tonight uh for johnson in uh in great britain and who knows right are they going to pursue another lockdown i don't think i don't think the citizens of the world are going to stomach another lockdown i really don't so you know we'll see but the, the reality is the virus isn't going away. There's no vaccine. The central banks are going to keep printing because there's going to continue to be a demand gap. So the markets have to be propped up. And then what happens to fiscal? We'll see, right? Um, you know, in the United States, it's looking like I'm not sure anything's going to get done um, before the election. But I would say after the election, you know, the printing press, the printing press really continues. And, and it's going to continue whether or not it's Republicans that control everything, Democrats control everything, or a combination in between. And it's just due to the, it's just due to the demand gap. So, you know, we'll see. 
I don't think at, at this point every day that goes by and there's not a fiscal stimulus package, I think it becomes less and less likely, um, especially given the polling. But post-election, the printing press continues. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens after this testimony, what news comes out of it. But, you know, I suspect, again, that Powell and Mnuchin are going to clamor for more um, because they know that it's necessary. Um, but that's it for today, guys. Had a wonderful show. Um, you know, it's going to be mainly probably political uh, kind of thoughts and commentary up until the election, maybe even through the election, because uh, you could have a contested election. But we'll see what happens. Um, so t t till tomorrow, let's keep our ears to the grindstone. <laughs>